Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Doug Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And today I'd like to talk a bit about a, a conversation I had with somebody just a couple of hours ago. In, and they were involved in the financial services industry. And they were, we were talking about benchmarking portfolios and how you actually do this. And they were suggesting that people you know, should be getting a benchmark in terms of their portfolio terms, in, in terms of comparing their portfolio against, say, an all ordinaries index or you know, the top 200 or XJO as uh, a lot of um, managed funds actually report against. But I said, well, how do you do that when somebody's portfolio will be shares, it might be managed funds, it might be turn deposits, cash management accounts, it could be property, it could be, you know, stamps or other types of investments. So how do you actually compare a portfolio? Because to me, a portfolio is not just a portfolio of shares, it's somebody's life, it's their financial wealth. And that's what he was talking about, somebody's whole portfolio, not just specifically a share portfolio. But even then, how do you compare an individual share portfolio against an all ordinaries index, which is 500 shares? So you can do that because obviously, if the all orders is making 5% and your portfolio is making 10, then you've doubled what the all orders is doing even though because you've only taken a small portion of shares, maybe five or 10 shares against the index, which is 500. So you can compare those sorts of things. You compare, you can compare BHP against Telstra to see what kind of returns each gets. And they're quite easy, but what I found with investors is that, that it's much more simple than that. Mum and dad investors are, are far more simple than that in terms of, not less, less intelligent, I'm just thinking, well, my experience is they're much more simple. There's, they start out the year with X dollars, they end the year with X dollars. That's what they look at. If their X dollars is X plus one, then they're happy. If it's X minus one, then they're not happy. Although that said, X plus one may not still be outperforming the All Lord News Index. And what I've also found with what they call retail investors, which is general mums and dads, is when you make them money, you've not made them enough. And because uh, there's always somebody else that's made more some managed fund or something else that's made more and when you lose somebody money then uh, you've obviously lost them too much and this is the interesting thing is people want to outperform the market or want to have high performing investing investments and i think the best benchmark is what you set for yourself so you may say i oh, look i want to get five percent i want to get seven percent i want to get ten percent the the investing industry or the the financial planning type of industry are looking for returns roughly about 2.5% above the cash rate. So if the historical cash rate's 5%, they're looking at roughly 7.5% in that sort of bracket. So um, is that achievable? Yeah, it is achievable, but do they do it all the time? No, it's not. Um, and really it's about risk diversification. It's also about how hard your money's working for you. And there are lots of different ways of calculating returns on a portfolio. You know, you have asset weighted returns, time weighted returns, uh, you have compounded returns. There's all sorts of different types of ways of calculating the return on that. But one of the things that specifically with the share market, um, it really isn't the perfect portfolio, does not exist because 
really the perfect portfolio is having all your stocks going up all of the time and that's never going to happen so if you're in the share market and you know you expect every single share you own to go up all or single time then i think uh, you should stop smoking that funny stuff uh, because it's not reality it, it will your portfolio will rise and fall now the thing is if you're in the share market you know in your portfolio it's not going to be positive returns every single year you need to accept that the share market is higher risk and therefore will get you higher returns uh, at times but it'll also get you negative returns some years or negative returns some years so you need to accept that with those higher risks you only have periods of negative growth if you can't handle that then necessarily don't be in the share market use a managed fund but then managed funds in times of downturn in the share market will also have negative returns so you're really not getting into a better solution from all of that you know market there's a lot of people in the industry don't believe or believe that timing the market it's not really possible uh, where it actually is if you have a bit of knowledge my podcast i think it was last month was based on a, a little bit of a, a comments i made for the herald sun here in melbourne which probably would have been in the, the daily telegraph in sydney it was about active fund managers versus passive fund managers and i was citing that it really doesn't make much difference what you choose the active charges you more fees and in theory are supposed to get higher returns but they don't on mass generally get you higher returns you're better off in a passive type of fund and that's because these types of funds don't necessarily protect the downside risk and this is where the industry keep pushing out information saying you know concentrated portfolios you know are very very high risk in, in fact i was reading this article uh, when i was Looking at benchmarking, I just looked at some of my research and there was an article from in a, in a, in a magazine called National Accountant from back in 2009 and it says uh, one point that should be made is that uh, if a client has a concentrated portfolio of only 20 or so stocks, they are taking far higher risks than owning a more diversified index consisting of 200 stocks. and interestingly that just shows the ignorance of the person writing the article because i have a completely 180 percent view on that i mean my portfolios if i had a portfolio that had more than 12 stocks on it would be very very rare um you know it's really somewhere between eight and 12 stocks is what i talk about the thing is because they don't understand risk and diversification is the more stocks you have the more risk market risk you take on and you can't diversify that it's terms of specific risk once you get past about 12 ish stocks your specific risk peters out and and the reason why they say that that you've got more risk with a concentrated portfolio because they're saying well you got to get those stocks going up whereas if you've got more stocks the chances of you getting more stocks going up are better but then what they don't realize is if you've got 20 stocks i know one third are going up one third are going down and one third are going sideways so therefore the ones going down are taking the profits from the one going up uh, therefore you're going to have a very average portfolio and most people want to outperform the market so to me as long as you protect your downside risk you're going to be better off but this podcast is not really about diversification it's about benchmarking so what do you benchmark or how do you benchmark and i think trying to benchmark yourself against an index or even a managed fund is not really relevant because to me it goes back to the question is do you want income or do you want growth and what risk do you want versus the return you accept is acceptable to you you may be somebody who's retired and you want a lot more income than you want growth so your benchmark could be that i want to average five percent in income 
out of my portfolio. But if you're somebody younger and you want a lot more growth, then you don't really care about income. So your benchmark would be, okay, I need um, the All Ordinaries Index growth plus 1% on top of that or 2% on top of that or the cash rate plus 2.5% or I want to get 10% growth. So your benchmark would be that. And then you look at your portfolio over the year and say, are you tracking along to your benchmark of what you want to achieve? And I think we often, retail investors often get um, bombarded with industry jargon and speak like the point I mentioned about concentrated portfolios. If you have a portfolio that follows an index, that's exactly what you're going to get, whatever that index gets. So you're not going to outperform at any stage. The only when you get a concentrated portfolio that you can outperform because you can pick the eye teeth out of it. But the article does say that timing the market is near impossible and most economists and brokers can't actually pick the right shares. And that's the interesting thing is is timing the market is possible because that's what we do every single time. It just takes a little bit of knowledge. And I've always said that if you protect your downside, then let the upside take care of itself. And so if you're protecting that downside risk by getting out of stocks as they start to fall away and replace that money or put that money into a stock that could be going up, you're going to get better returns. And this is where um, I believe the industry is not taking that into consideration because they can't time the market that well. So they tell retail investors that they can't, whereas I know that you can. You can actually very much easily time the market if you've got the knowledge. If you don't have the knowledge, you're not going to get the timing right because there's an old saying in the market that the amateurs buy at the top and sell at the bottom, which is exactly the opposite of what you need to do. But those with a little bit of knowledge can do the opposite, can actually buy at the bottom and sell at the top. So they actually get better returns. And with a concentrated portfolio, you'll, you'll outperform any benchmark that you're likely to set. So to me, it's just about with your portfolio construction is setting a goal for your portfolio rather than the benchmark. I want to achieve X, Y, or Z and set down and make sure your portfolio is getting to that point. If it's not, then you may need to adjust your portfolio. So you need may have a bit more higher risk um, investments in it. I know when we're constructing portfolios, we start off with a solid foundation of good blue chip stocks and then we actually add some more more volatile stocks as the portfolio grows in terms of let's say if i'm building a portfolio of 10 stocks we might have the first three or four positions taken up by big blue chip stocks that will give a nice solid foundation to the portfolio but then we start looking at some slightly lower cap stocks a little bit more volatile stocks and even then we might fill out the last few positions with some more mid cap stocks which could rise faster but all the time we're managing that risk or that downside risk um, in terms of making sure we're not losing too much because getting better returns is about not losing too much and allowing those profits to compound so hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast um, i look forward to chatting with you next time i'm dave gillam the chief analyst here at wealth within take care thanks for listening to this week's podcast For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation.